For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We're still posting these podcasts every single day over there for you guys to be checking out. We're mixing in some fantasy with some real-life playoff baseball talk and also just you know talking about things that are going on around the league right now. We're giving it, you know, we're not going 100% fantasy right now. I know it's in the title Fantasy MLB today, of course, but we are just still digesting the season that happened and joined the postseason. So we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs. Not really going to get into any fantasy today. Apologies for those of you who are looking for fantasy. We're going to get into that this week, though. We're going to start to break down positions. We're going to start to look back on 2023 as a whole. And we're going to go position by position. It's something I did last year. You guys seem to be pretty uh, pretty interested in. I remember getting some uh, nice messages from you guys over on Twitter about those shows. Uh, so we're going to go and do those again. We're going to go by position, and then we'll probably look back by team or maybe by division as well. Uh, we're going to look back in a few different ways, and then we're going to look forward in a few different ways as well. I'm uh, going to go through my projections that I'm pulling together. going to go and project every single player this season by hand. It's going to be a tough process, I know for sure, uh, but I think it'll be beneficial to me and hopefully to some of you guys. So we're going to go through a lot of that stuff. There will still be a ton of fantasy talk, so don't think that we're not going to be talking fantasy. Of course, like I said, it's in the title. It'll still be the main focus of the show, but today we're going to talk uh, a little bit about a couple of different things. Right now, first of all, uh, there is a game going on, middle of the day, which I, I don't love that they are doing that. It's not really going to be so common during the championship series. I think today is kind of the exception, but... Why are they having an American League Championship Series game be a, a day game after a night game? I think it's really strange. I think the best way that they could do this probably is either have them both going simultaneously at night, which maybe some people wouldn't love, but at least it'd be more people home and around to be watching these games. Because there's some people, I think it started at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time. It's a lot of people who just for one reason or another, either they're at work or they have obligations with their kids or whatever during the day, won't be able to watch that. Even if there is a little bit of overlap in the evening, I think that might be a little bit better. Or, I mean, they could just go opposite days. I know I, I personally like having teams play every single day. It goes to show who is a deeper team, who is better constructed, because that's baseball. You play every day. Giving them off days is a little bit of a cheat, I think, in terms of like what we're actually watching. The relievers can be fully rested, and you can get you know, only two starting pitchers or three starting pitchers going in a series. It's a little bit skewed. But I don't love that they have uh, daytime postseason games going on. It feels, uh, not even just postseason, but deep postseason. Like in the wildcard division series, I'm okay with it. In the championship series, I'd personally rather see them come uh, in the evening. But the Rangers got the victory last night. They had incredible pitching, specifically from Jordan Montgomery. Six and a third, only five hits allowed, struck out six. He was, he was beautiful. They had a shutout of one of the best offenses of the last 10 years. 
Um, not specifically this season, but this team is in their seventh straight American League Championship Series with a lot of the same characters. Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker, these guys have been around. To do that to this team at home in the postseason is very impressive. Now, it was pointed out, I saw on Twitter a couple people saying that Houston actually wasn't that great at home this year, and I didn't realize, but they were a below 500 team at home. It's kind of crazy. I think they had, uh, what was it, 49 wins or something at home, 50-something. I don't know, but they were below 500 uh, at home, which is kind of crazy. No, it wouldn't be 49. It was, it was like 39 and 42 at home or something like that. That was, that was their home record. So maybe they're just not as good at home this year, which I think is kind of just randomness. I think it's more so the fact that the Rangers just got some incredibly timely performances. Evan Carter, that catch he made in the outfield, and then they doubled up Altuve because he touched second, and then he didn't double touch it. It was just kind of a, a not a great game for the Astros. Jordan Alvarez struck out three times. He looked kind of foolish against Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery really had him fooled. But this team as a whole just wasn't really that great. Verlander looked off, too. I don't know if you guys, if you saw this, Verlander was not throwing his fastball a ton. Most of what he was throwing was off-speed, and what he was throwing wasn't really that impressive. I mean, he's still Justin Verlander. He was still able to get away with six and two-thirds, only two earned runs, struck out five and walked two. But overall, it's hard to come away being terribly impressed from what we saw from him. The Tavares home run was really it. That was the only scoring that we saw in yesterday's game. Um... Or excuse me, Jonah Heim singled in uh, Evan Carter, and then there was the home run uh, later on. But other than a couple of small things, he was still able to get through. Just overall, Texas has been better. Better pitching, more timely offense, and we're seeing it, we're seeing it again today as well. They're just in the middle of the third inning while I'm recording this, but it's 5-1 Rangers. Framber Valdez is getting rocked around. Seven hits and four earned runs. He's already been pulled in the third inning. He only lasted two and two-thirds. Now, he did strike out six, but... You know, that doesn't really matter so much if the ball's getting clobbered, and it is all over the lineup. Semyon had two hits as far as we're recording here. Jonah Heim took a ball deep. They're getting it from all over the lineup. You got to hand it to the Rangers. They looked really good. Nathan Eovaldi so far, two innings. He's only allowed one run. It was a Jordan Alvarez homer. And then another thing that I was going to talk about today is that Max Scherzer is starting game three for Texas. He's back. We've, you know, we talked about it last week. Was he going to be on the roster? If he was, it was going to be kind of an interesting tidbit for fantasy, and there will be a fantasy tidbit here in a second. But he is starting. He will be starting game three, which is going to be Wednesday back in Texas. So that is going to be something that we have to look at from a fantasy point of view. Not a lot, but I think more so just in terms of what it'll do to the price of Max Scherzer specifically if you are drafting right now. I talked about this a little bit last week, so forgive me if you heard that one. It's a little bit of retread. But if Max Scherzer's last appearance of the year, I believe it was against the Blue Jays, if it, that was the last we saw of him and he left with an injury before the end of the regular season, didn't pitch again in the playoffs, then we probably would have been pushing him down a little bit further in drafts than we are just be, based on the fact that he is going to be back and pitching, right? He is going to be making an appearance. He is quote-unquote healthy. I'm not sure if he's – he's probably 100%. I mean, even if he's 95, maybe he's saying, all right, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm going out there. It's a, it's a championship series. I want to get another World Series before I retire, and this is going to be maybe my last best chance because you never know. With the volatility of the baseball playoffs, Scherzer might just be thinking this might be it. I think that him going out there at all, even if he gets rocked around, is a – positive sign and it'll probably boost his ADP a little bit maybe it won't though I think it generally it, it probably should because him being healthy showing us even if it's a three inning start where he gives up four earned runs 
And even if he's not perfect, just the fact that him going back out there and showing that he wasn't just fully shut down and these are important games and he couldn't manage the pitch. No, he is going to manage the pitch. So regardless of the outcome, I think that should make us a little bit more inclined to be in on Scherzer for next season. I'm not going to be a huge Scherzer fan. Uh, for 2024. I just think that he's a little bit past it, but I think that there is a chance still that he can give you some decent value because that price will be a little bit suppressed. His stats have gone down the last few years. He's not been, you know, the the big bad Max Scherzer uh, these last two seasons. He's still been very good, but he hasn't been that same dominant pitcher that we know. All of these things will probably lead the ADP where he's on average being picked in drafts to probably go down a little bit. All I'm saying with this, the fact that he is starting is it'll probably be pushed generally back up, even if it's a round or two, just because people will say, oh, yeah, you know what? He was hurt, but he's back. You know, he's healthy now. But the amount of pitchers that we already have missing part or all of 2024 with injuries as well, maybe you won't be able to push Max Scherzer so far down the board, assuming he comes in the next season healthy and he's still pitching for what is an excellent team. We have seen that it is a very excellent team here. They look like they're going to go up 2 nothing on the Astros in the American League Championship Series. I wouldn't write off the Astros just yet. I think the Astros, you know, we've seen it so many times, year after year after year, that you can't really write them off. I think there's still a very good chance that they can come back and win this series. And maybe they come back and win this game even. It's only in the bottom of the third by the time I'm recording this. So by the time you guys are hearing this, you might be saying, Joe, it's a 1-1 series. The Rangers lost. They blew it, whatever. It's totally possible. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I have no idea. My predictions in these playoffs have been dreadful. If you guys have been fading me in my predictions in these playoffs, you've probably, you know, looking into purchasing a summer home at this point because I've been just really off the mark with my predictions for these series. That being said, I don't think you can count out the Astros at least until, you know, if they go down 3 nothing or something, okay. But until that point, uh, even then, like, they're just such a, a spunky team. They're just so conditioned to winning. I don't see them going down without a fight. Specifically, you know, if you want to look back at what I said earlier, the home and away splits, they've been very good on the road. So even if they do go down 2 nothing, there's nothing to say that they can't just win the next two in Texas and then make it uh, an even series again, a brand new series. I would not be shocked at all. Can't be counting them out. I think it is interesting, though, the whole Scherzer thing, and I, I really am interested to see where he will move around in drafts. There's not that many people drafting right now. you got to be kind of a sicko. I'm doing a draft right now that's coming to an end. It's like round 26 or so out of 30, 25 or 26. And then uh, I'm going to be doing a draft, hopefully, in Arizona. I was talking with uh, somebody over on the NFBC site today, uh, Derek Butcher, one of the guys who operates the NFBC. uh, And we're talking a little bit about if there's going to be leagues in Arizona, first pitch Arizona. Apparently there are. They don't have them set up yet. He believes that they're going to be doing them. So that'll be a second uh, draft that I'll be doing. And there will be a bunch of drafts that they do in Arizona. There will be an auction. There's a couple of... Uh, different types of drafts and they also have you know outside of the nfbc there's like the xfl expert fantasy league draft they have with a lot of old timers in the industry so there'll be a few different places where we can kind of gauge where scherzer is generally going at this point i'm not going to be so far in or so far out i kind of just want to see where that price falls and i'm guessing he'll probably still have a top 100 adp because he's max scherzer probably be somewhere in that 80 to 90 range in the first draft that I'm in and what I'm doing he fell past pick 100 but that was also before we had known that he was going to be coming back in this series like I said as soon as I'm pretty sure it was as soon as he got announced as a starter he got drafted in that league because that gives people a little bit more confidence but we'll move on let's talk about the other big uh, news part uh, news piece of the day is that Kim Ng is leaving the Marlins after three seasons on the job she was the general manager 
And now she is stepping away kind of surprisingly, very surprisingly, actually. I don't think anybody was really seeing this coming after the Marlins made the playoffs for the first time in quite a while, 84 and 78 record. They did not fare well in the playoffs, but a lot of teams don't. We see it uh, with the best and the worst of teams that make the playoffs, so it's hard to hold that against them. According to the reports, and I'm going to just pull up uh, what I saw here, which I believe it was from Jeff Passan, that they were trying to hire somebody. Yeah, it was Jeff Passan. They were trying to hire somebody over her in the baseball operations department, a move that is kind of insulting, I would say. You know, I, I know there, there's a lot of different angles you can you, uh, you can look at this from. But I think you have to look at the fact that Kim Ng has been around baseball in front offices for more than 30 years now. She was an assistant director of baseball operations for the White Sox starting in 1990. 90 to 96, that's where she was. 98 to 01, she was an assistant GM with the Yankees, and she's got three rings to show for it. She was an assistant GM with the Dodgers from 02 to 2011. And then she worked in Major League Baseball in the head in the front office there for eight or nine years in the middle before taking the Marlins shop. She is incredibly qualified. The team itself is, I think, not that great. I, I think they're fine. I think that they did benefit a lot from some luck this season. And you, know, you can see it if you look at the expected win total. It was like 77 or something. They won a lot. Of one, uh, they won a lot of one-run games. That's a tongue twister, Jesus. If you try and say that one out loud, I, I don't know that you can really judge her though. And the fact that they're trying to bring somebody in above her just kind of shows that they don't trust her for whatever reason. And I, I don't understand it really because she's not. She kind of inherited Derek Jeter's mess and the mess of the people that were around him before. They traded away Giancarlo Stanton, Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, JT Realmuto. They got back Sandy Alcantara and Jazz Chisholm. That was the sum of those deals, essentially. Alcantara's done for all of next year. Chisholm can't stay healthy. That's not something you can put on her. That's something that she inherited. The team itself is kind of not amazing. Like I, Nothing that she did, I think, really made a huge difference one way or the other because she didn't really have that much time to put her own stamp on this team. I'm not I'm not really sure that this move makes a lot of sense for the Marlins. It's kind of a PR nightmare they're doing this. I, I mean, they're, they're looking pretty foolish. Uh, a lot of people are talking online about how it's a bad move, and maybe she has something else that is that she'll be offered that's better. And I, I don't doubt that she will. She's been around baseball, like I said, 33 years, and probably before that even. Uh, that's like her big official major roles have been th 33 years now. But, like, come on. She's incredibly qualified. I don't, you know, people are going to talk, ignorant people are going to talk, oh, it's a woman, but it's really stupid. She's more qualified than I am. She's more qualified than a lot of people to talk about baseball. And she's certainly more qualified um, than a lot of stupid people who talk online about, oh, she can't do the job or, or whatever crap there will be. This team is not great, but she didn't really have her time to put the plan into place. It's kind of insulting that they wanted to just replace her and maybe not directly replace her, but put somebody in above her, which essentially makes her kind of redundant in the system. It doesn't really let her put her stamp on that team. And if you can't do that, I don't blame her for declining. It was a mutual option that the Marlins were trying to opt into, and she did not agree. So we'll see where she goes. I'm pretty sure she will get another major league general manager job. Not sure if it'll be immediately, if it'll happen this year, if maybe she'll go back and work in the front office of major league baseball. Either way, she's going to work in baseball. She's incredibly intelligent. I just don't really get it from the Marlins' point of view. I do understand that the team uh, you know, exceeded expectations, and are they going to be the same team next year? Are they going to make the playoffs? They don't have Sandy next year at all. 
Josh Bell's a free agent. Jorge Soler is, you know, likely going to opt out. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that they're going to be that great. I, maybe she got out at the right time. Maybe it's honestly the best thing for her that she can take what she parlayed into, you know, a, a playoff appearance. You know, how much credit belongs with the players versus her versus the coaches, whatever. I don't know, but it is on her resume that this team made it to the playoffs, breaking a drought. Maybe she got out at the right time. Maybe it is a blessing in disguise for Kim Ng, and she can go and take a much more fruitful job. People are talking about the Mets. That was my initial thought, but it's the same kind of situation over there. They just hired Stearns, who's going to be the baseball, I think, president of baseball operations or some similar kind of title. It would be the same kind of thing for Kim Ng to go to the Mets. So I really don't know what she's going to do. I wouldn't mind it if my Blue Jays got rid of Ross Atkins and brought her in, in all honesty. But I think we're going to leave it there for today. I talked about it last week. I have bronchitis. I'm still getting over it. It's just about gone, but there is still a little trace of it, so I can't do terribly long shows right now. Hopefully, by the end of the week, we'll be able to get it back up. I do want to start doing longer and longer podcasts. Again, it has been shorter for the last little while, and I apologize. Part of that's been sickness. Part of that's been just a hectic, hectic life that I've had over these last couple of months, which hasn't allowed me to record shows for as long as I previously was. We're going to get back into the rhythm of half an hour at least, going upwards of an hour sometimes with guests, for sure. We can go up to two hours. But I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I, I need to cough desperately, but I'm going to hit you with the socials again. Uh, Joe Rico 99 over on Twitter. Ethos Fantasy BB is where you can find all the podcasts, links, articles, everything else that we put out here at Sports Ethos on the baseball side. And, of course, SportsEthos.com is the website where you get it right from the source. We'll be back again tomorrow, guys. But until then, take care. Have a great night, and cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.